Hello, this is Aaron Eckhart, and you are listening to Center Stage with Mark Gordon, the beautiful one and only Mark Gordon. Welcome to Center Stage. My name is Mark Gordon. On this show, we're going to talk with Seth Savoy. He has a new film coming out called Echo Boomers. Center Stage, Center Stage, Center, Center, Center Stage. Center Stage. Originally, how it all kind of started was graduating from film school and realizing that there's no shortage of filmmakers. (laughs) And, um, kind of left with all this debt and I didn't kind of know what to do. And so I, I was kind of feeling that angst of like, you know, your first feature, what do you make it about? How do you find it? How do you get it made? And I kind of ran across these stories of these kids in Chicago. Weirdly enough, I could like understand their frustration because I was in debt too. And I just understood it. There was this like angst and I kind of wrote that into a script and I took it to Sundance. And from there, it, it just kind of, uh, I just kind of met the right people, and Shannon's team found it, and here we are. Where did the title of the film come from, Echo Boomers? That term, Echo Boomers, actually comes from kind of being an echo of the baby boomers, and people look at us as like nothing but an echo of someone else. And, you know, as we were creating this film, the definition kind of became very clear to us that Echo Boomers is a derogatory term for a millennial who has a degree and can't get a job. I wish I would have had another week to shoot because one thing that I didn't touch on that I really, really, really wanted to was this idea of like in Echo Boomers, they think that what they're doing is totally new and fresh. And in reality, they just stole it from the generation before them. I think that's a really big theme. You know what I mean? Of like every generation thinks that they're doing something new. Every generation feels like the one before them cheated them. And we're just, the millennials are the ones just crying about it, which is, you know, I think it says something about the generation. In some ways, the crew in the film Echo Boomers, they mirror a little bit uh, the Manson family without the, uh, the ultraviolence. I've never heard that before, but I could see where that connection could be made. I think this movie makes a really good point, at least for, for now, of kind of the, as ironic as this sounds, of, even though it's a movie about kids doing this in the worst possible way, handling their problems, I think it also makes a great justification of of the great things that they're doing, how they really are kind of changing this political landscape and they're changing how people are treated in the workplace and kind of everything like that. What challenges did you face making Echo Boomers? Well, you know, there there are definitely a few. I mean, when, you, when you're walking on set and you have Michael Shannon ready to direct and it's your first time, you know, that's a challenge right there because he's done this 150 times and you've done this officially once. So so that was definitely something. But it, it actually ended up that task specifically. He was um, he was just so accommodating and he understood the patience that you need with the director and he was phenomenal. As a director, I knew exactly what I wanted and I didn't want to try the scene a million ways I told him exactly what I wanted and how how I wanted it done. And once the first time I did that and I told him that and he was just like, great, let's do it. And I think that Mike kind of looks at himself as a tool of the director, which once I started to understand that, it, it became easy. Like you totally forget that Michael Shannon is Michael Shannon. He's just another actor that you're using to tell the story. And so we kind of got into a groove and it went great. Outside of that, it just, you know, it took us a long time to raise the money to make the movie. And then, you know, because we were realistically a completely indie film at the time, we didn't have a single studio behind us. 
I couldn't find an investor to save my life. Right. And I had a, I had a buddy call me and say, Hey, you know, let's go to this really gross dive bar in Chicago where like this, you know, your, your feet stick to the floor and it just has that like kind of wet smell in it. I decided to go meet him and I got there 20 minutes early and I strap up to the bar and I hear like this carnival noise behind me and I turn around and there's like this probably six, four, six, five, 45 year old guy playing Papa shot where you throw the 50 cents in and the basketballs roll down. And he's kind of like scrunching down because he's so tall. Like he's kind of like bending down and he's doing it more serious than ever. He's over there sweating and something about this was just kind of odd. So, you know, I go up to him and I say, Hey man, 10 bucks, I can beat your score. And he was like, all right, kid, you're on. And that guy ended up being my first investor. Another familiar face in your film, Leslie Ann Warren, which I've loved for years. And I think this is the first time I've seen her in quite some time. How did she get involved in the film? At first, I didn't quite know who Leslie was and the producers presented her to me. And I took a few days to do some research on her. And I just realized how unbelievable she was and how she's kind of drifted away for a while. And, you know, you really haven't seen her in much. And I just couldn't understand why. I think that she's you know, just as good as an actor as Robert De Niro or like any anyone else that's kind of in her age range that it's just like unforgettable. And so the producers were like, yeah, we could, you know, we could totally get Leslie. And I said, pull the trigger immediately. And she was on set like 24 hours later. I was just blown away by how much she trusted me. She loved the script. And kind of once we met, we just kind of connected. And she's very hard on herself as an actress which I think is um, kind of endearing. But, you know, she trusted me. And, and as we were kind of going throughout the day, it became like more and more clear that we had like kind of this trust. And, uh, and she was absolutely amazing and like the sweetest person in the world too. What are the three most important aspects of making a film? Patience is the hands down the number one thing. I would say uh, patience, tenacity, because you just, you're going to get told no so many times. It's unbelievable and then number three it would definitely be you have to be adaptable because i feel like as a director and as a creative you get so locked on on how something needs to be or how it needs to feel and art is a consistently growing process even on set when when someone says something a different way than what you imagined it isn't wrong it's actually once you get into that editing room it's actually going to be refreshing and fun and sometimes as a director, I mean, we like to think that everything that we imagine is exactly how it's going to be. But in reality, they're finding these these moments and these patches of living in the moment, like truly being fresh and, and being unexpected and kind of these things. And if you suppress that, the actors start to get frustrated because like, what are they doing at that point? You know, they're just trying to please you and they're not trying to find like a real truth to the scene. And that was probably one of the biggest things that I learned this time that I think it's, you know, obviously I'm going to use from here on out. It's funny because when you meet people like Michael Shannon, that's that's the way that he does it. He He's exploring it every take, which is refreshing. And if you tell him, hey, I want it, you know, stop doing that. He's going to feel frustrated. You know what I mean? Because he's he probably understands it just as much as you do, which is that tells you that they're like really doing their job properly. You know, what did you like best about making echo boomers and what did you like least i would say definitely most would be that feeling of being behind monitor and the actors just absolutely nailing a scene 
you massage it, you massage it, you massage it, and then boom, it's there. And you want to jump up and down because it's just something that you're just so excited about and you've spent so much time and energy to make sure it's it, it grows and it finally does. As soon as that happened on set, I realized I was going to do this forever because that is like what I'm chasing is that like kind of perfection of the art. I mean, it's never going to be perfect. You know what I mean? You know that. You know that you're chasing this thing that is almost unobtainable, uh, but you get so close and it keeps you hooked, you know? So I loved that. And then, you know, kind of outside of it is it's emotional making a movie, which, you know, you're on set, you kind of do it and you have good days and you have bad days. And then, you know, you get in the editing room and you're extremely hard on yourself. You know what I mean? You're like, no, what was I thinking? Why didn't I get this coverage? This is awful. The first cut's awful. And then you get in there the next day and you're like, okay, this kind of works. And so it's just like this emotional roller coaster, which is something I just haven't gotten used to yet. <laughs> Welcome to movie making, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it seems like it was a all in all a good experience for you. Yeah, I wouldn't change a single thing about it, really. You know, after working on this one for six or seven years, um, like the, it's it's kind of hard to explain, but it really is a big labor of love. And once it's kind of out in the world, it's like, you know, it's your child. It's like you're letting it go. You hope that you hope that the world loves it. But, you know, if it doesn't, that's that, you know, it is what it is. And I've kind of really enjoyed the reactions. The reactions have been great and for a first film. I'm extremely proud of it. Just a reminder, you can watch Echo Boomers currently streaming on Video On Demand as well as digital platforms. For more on Center Stage, visit stageandscreen.com. And hey, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Until next time, this is Mark Gordon, and I'll see you Center Stage. Center Stage, Center Stage, Center, Center, Center Stage. Hello, this is Homer Simpson. Whenever I want to know what's going on in the entertainment world, I listen to Center Stage with Mark Gordon.